so today I want to press forward and I, I bring you a word I entitled, Even when under pressure or in serious need, don't let go. Can you say that with me? One, two, three, go. Even when under pressure or in serious need, don't let go. You got a good thing going, don't let go. The one who keepeth Israel never sleeps nor slumber. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, he surrounds his loved ones. He never sleeps, he never slumbers. He never starts hearing our prayers. Glory to God. Even when under pressure, come on now, or in serious need, and it looks like it's dark all over, don't let go. I'm going to say today, don't let go of your covenant. The thing about Christians is they forget that we are children of covenant, and God says, my covenant I will not break. Nor will I alter the promise that I have made to you. If you're old like Sarah and you, your womb is dead and you have no more eggs and God says you're going to have a child, he's going to bring it to pass. Don't let go of your covenant. Don't let go of your promise that God gave you. You know, you sat in church sometime, a man of God was prophesying and you knew that that prophecy is for me. Though it tarries, wait for it, it will surely come to pass. Don't let go of your promise. Don't let go of the expectations you have on the word of God because the word of God is immutable. It cannot be broken. It cannot be buried. It will come to pass because when God speaks it, Thing, he brings it to pass. He says, my word will not return to me void. It will perform the purpose for which I sent it. Don't let go of your expectations. Instead, like Pastor Steve said on last Wednesday, instead of letting go, fortify your word with prayer, with your confession. Will somebody say amen? Instead of letting go, fortify it with prayer. Fortified with your pronouncement because life and death and the power of the tongue. Somebody says that, ah, but something has never happened before. Pastor, what are you talking about? I said, did you not read the Bible? Have you not heard? Did you not read it? God says, behold, I will even do a new thing. New means that it is absolutely new. There is nothing that God cannot do does not exist. He can do a new thing. He will do it for you in Jesus' name. So we learn not to let go. Letting go is where a bit of stubbornness is allowed. You see, you're stubborn when you want to fight somebody. No, that's not when you need stubbornness. Stubbornness is God gives you the word like Job. I'm not going to let go. I'm going to wait on the Lord till my change comes. Stubbornness is not when you're arguing with your boss or with your spouse. No, 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 no. Stubbornness is God made me a promise. God gave me a covenant. I ain't letting go. Even if you already have an Ishmael, still believe God for an Isaac. You know, some people think just because you have an Ishmael means God will not bring Isaac. Let me tell you about the God of grace. If it were me, when Abraham got Ishmael, I would say you forfeited the promise. But God, ah, the Bible says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. New every morning. Red is the faithfulness of love. Red is the faithfulness. So just because you stumbled and you have an Ishmael does not change the promise of God. Isaac is still going to be born. And Ishmael is never going to take the place of Isaac. Your mistake, God will not manage your mistake for your destiny. God will do a new thing. And that's why you cannot let go. Just because you goofed does not change the faithfulness of God. Even when we're not faithful, he cannot deny himself. He remains faithful. 
Don't let anybody tell you. God is bigger than your mistakes. God is greater than anything you can think. He's the one that does exceeding abundantly above whatever we think or ask or even imagine. That's the God with whom we have to do. That's why I tell you, my friend, don't let go. Even when you're broke, don't let go. Even though it is night time, don't let go. I said, don't let go under pressure. Why am I telling you? Because pressure is coming or you're already dealing with it. Don't let go in times of serious need. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's not a reason to let go. Because God is tenacious about his promise. He watches over his word to perform it. He says, nothing I say must come back to me. God is intentional. Hey. That's why the songwriter said, intentional, intentional, God. My way you are still God. Reliable, reliable God. Everything is working out for my good. You are good. You are good. Jesus. You are good. You are good. You are good. Jesus. You are when the Syrophoenician woman who knew that it was not time for the Gentiles yet when she showed up where Jesus was the disciple says she ought to know better send her away because she bothers us but she did not let go I wonder why you are letting go it says no time she refused to let go and Jesus bowed To the heart that believes that your goodness is stronger than your law. That goodness, mercy, triumphs over judgment. And though it was not time. The songwriter says, you are good, you are good. That is when you demonstrate how good he is. Before it was time, he gave her. What should not have been. In the face of people who said drive her away. I want to prophesy to you that if you will not let go. Those naysayers that say it cannot be done. They will be clapping for you when you get it done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want someone to say I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. Not letting go of my covenant. I'm not letting go of the promises of God. I'm not letting go of my expectations. Rather today I'm going to fortify my expectations with prayer. And with my right confession. Glory to God. And having said that, I'm going to take you on an expedition, very exciting one in the book of Genesis. I'm going to be reading verses 29 to 34, book of Genesis. And this is a story that puts in technicolors the reason why you should not let go of anything God gave you. Even if it's as nebulous as a promise. A promise you cannot see it. And many times when God is going to give you something... That can be seen. He will give you something that cannot be seen. If God is going to give you a child. Going to give you an egg. That an eye cannot see. And then after the child is born. You say this is it. And I say ah. Because the things that we see. Were made from the things that cannot be seen. I read the text. It says now Jacob. Cooked a stew. And Esau his brother came in from the field. And he was weary and tired. And Esau said to Jacob. Feed me. With that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob, sensing that this guy was about to let go, said to him, sell me your birthright as of this day. Let me tell you, there are forces that know when you are tired, they're going to make you an offer. Swap your destiny. And Esau said, look, I am about to die. 
Hello. Waiting we talk, we die, enter the matter. You are hungry. And he said, look, I am about to die. I'm sure Jacob looked at him and said, no, you are not about to die. You are just exaggerating your problem. I'm already preaching to somebody. That thing is not going to kill you. You're just exaggerating. I'm about to die. So what then is this birthright to me? The birthright that you fought for. The Bible says in the womb of Rebekah, the, the children fought to the point that she thought she was going to die. I said, Lord, what is wrong with me? I said, there's nothing wrong with you. There are two nations beside you. They were fighting for who will come out first because according to Jewish law, whether you're twins or not, the one that comes out first inherits everything. They were fighting in the womb. And let me ask you, was it not Jehovah that allowed Esau to come out first? Hey, some people that don't deserve some things have already been given by the providence and the goodwill of God. And when a time comes, when they have a little problem, they will say, what does it matter? You fought for this thing. Your brother was, in fact, Jacob is registered to be a a serious fighter. God gave you victory over him. You got the birthright. Look at what he said on the day he was hungry. He said, what is this birthright to me? The moment you devalue what God gave you, you will swap it. You will trade it. The value of what God gave you never changes. It is when you're going through something that makes your medulla oblongata not work very well, you begin to devalue something that has eternal value. It says, what? So what is this birthright to me? The Jacob that asked for the birthright, don't you know that he has studied the guy? Why did he bring it up there? He knows this guy when he has a little problem, he would devalue celestial things. He would devalue covenant things. He waited for him. Satan has waylaid a lot of Christians knowing when to make the move. The man used his own mouth to say, I have no value for it. Jacob would have been laughing saying, fool, you don't have any value for it. Me, that I don't have it. I'm the one that knows the value. May somebody who is not half your stature not collect what you have because you forgot about the value of it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Esau said, look, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? And Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. And so he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau what? Bread and stew. Hello. What did he give him? Banquet? I said, did he give him a banquet? Did he give him a, did he give him Kentucky fried chicken? Did he give him a whole kitchen? Bread and stew. Listen to what happened. Then this Esau that God gave the birthright to, he ate and drank water, not even wine. Arose and went his foolish way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Let me explain this birthright. Abraham was a friend of God. God says, I will not do anything without sharing my, my friend. The friend was promised one son. The son of promise upon whom all the blessing will come. Esau, his name was called Laughter. Esau had two sons. I mean, Isaac. Isaac had two sons, and these are the two sons. And the firstborn, the way uh, Esau was given the, um, Isaac was given the firstborn right, Esau got the firstborn. And he said, it means nothing. And he knew God of Abraham, of Isaac. The next name was Esau. He deleted himself. Because he was hungry. I wonder what you're hungry for. If it's success, cool down. Thus Esau despised his birthright. I want to ask you then. Why do people quarrel when they read the scriptures? 
that says, God says, Esau I have hated, Jacob I have loved. Why do you quarrel? Is this not the answer? You gave something that his equal twin brother, I mean, if you are twins, they should have shared it. God said no, only one person will get it. And gave it to the weaker one. You thought you did him a world of good. And this is what he did with it. So I want to ask you, why are you quarreling with God? You gave somebody something valuable like that, and this is the result. He said, what does it matter to me? Because I'm hungry. Why are you surprised? God says, Esau, I've hated Jacob, I have loved. Jacob was the one that put the right value to what God said is valuable. You see, in church, you should learn to put value on what God says it has value. Stop following the world. What the world says has value is always opposite to what God says has value. Food for the stomach, stomach for the food, both shall be destroyed. But the covenant of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. And so, he let go. I want to ask a question today. I want the microphone ready. The subject I I, I coined today is even when under pressure or in serious need, I didn't say in need, in serious need, don't let go. And you have seen how pressure or need can warp the thinking of somebody who was born in a covenant, who, who should know better. And this is what happened. It is written for an example unto us. What then, I want to ask church today, are the pressures we face these days that makes us want to let go? Esau had pressure. Yeah? Come on now. He had pressure. Eh? Esau had need. And we're sitting down in our chair watching his life collapse. It was a need. It was special. I'm asking today in 2021 in Nigeria, what are the pressures we face that make us feel like letting go? What are the needs we may have? Serious needs that make us feel like letting go. Because this is a very current issue. Except you're going to be a Pharisee, then you will see you don't know what I'm talking about. Whose hand is up? Okay, Samuel. Let's hear Samuel. Let's encourage him with a clap. It's interactive. Oh, this is going to get really hot this evening. I said, leave the microphone on. Don't turn it off. Praise God. Yes. I think the race against time. The what? The race against time. The race against time. Yes, sir. It's a pressure that can make us feel we're late. And so we want to give up waiting for God. You know, some people say that I don't wait for God. I don't wait for God. I don't tire. Hello. Have you heard that one before? I don't tire. And so at that point in time, you exchange your covenant promise for something that may not last. I want to ask you, if you're really hungry, bread and stew, now you do corn chop. Okay, how long can you hold your belly? If not pounded yam now and a goosey soup, you load very well. It may last for like 12 hours. Bread. Help me clap for him. The pressure of time. No, no, no. Clap like, if, did he say something reasonable time? Alright, my brother. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I feel that anxiety, which in bracket may be foolishness, would only be responsible for making a man forget what God has done for him in the past. Mm-hmm. And because he faces a small problem or challenge, mm-hmm. he wants to let go of everything. What are your hands doing? What are your hands doing? Anxiety. You see now? Anxiety. What is anxiety? Hey, what can I go do? Hey, this matter. Ah, what will they say? Ah, I'm getting old. Anxiety. We'll make a man of covenant to start thinking like something is wrong with him. And then. He lets go. Any one of us that let go something very important. Ah, may our case not be like Esau. The Bible says he sought to get it back. God says it's too late. May our case, because we're under the covenant of grace, not under law. May our case not end like that in Jesus name. 
it should have been God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. It changed all his children, grandchildren, all of them cut off. May we not take a decision that cuts off everything that comes to us. Or every ancestor of Esau cut off. Because you chop bread and stew. You try. I want to ask, hey, what are the pressures today that makes us feel like letting go? Okay, one hand is up here. Let's hear. Um, I think the now-now mentality. Uh-huh. The mentality that makes young people think that I want this now, now-now, at any cost. Not, not at no other time than now. But meanwhile, Jehovah comes and says, write the vision down. Write it so that those that see it will run. Though the vision tarries, it seems to delay. What does it say? Wait for it. It will not always delay. It will come to pass. And then, some people on the social media will tell you, it's now, 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 now. And some people will post pictures how their own was now, now. Small girl, big God. Did they even do small boy, big, uh, big God too? It's only small girl, big God. And the small girl that says big God, you didn't answer, you didn't ask how. Then you say, God, that vision, keep it. I have a shortcut. You need to go to TJF. Shortcut. <laughs> How good are they? Thank you for that. A round of applause for her. There's a hand up here. Oh, my little pastor. Give the young pastor the, the, the microphone. Hmm. It's good. Um, I think one of the pressures these days in Nigeria actually is the end. As, as a student, seeing a video of the United States president talking about how many jobs they've created and coming down to your country, seeing your president saying, even though you come out with the highest degree, there's no job for you. So most people want to see the end of where they are going to from where they are at some point in life. And meanwhile, that's not possible because the Bible says those that wait on the Lord, it shall renew their strength. So because where they are looking at is not something appetizing, they drop. And it's not at times, because of the pressure, we drop into different things and yet different things happen because we are not seeing the expected end we deserve to get. So somebody comes along and say, you're hungry for success. There's no job. Shabi, you have laptop. Let me show you how to make it happen. Can you clap for him? Then you let go of the covenant. Bible says, he confounds the great things with the small things. God never does a big thing with a big thing. It takes the unknown small thing to do a big thing. That's why you know he's God. So if you're struggling, you're a better candidate. He says, who are the mighty ones he called? He didn't call them. It's the unknown people. Glory to God. You now leave God to whom nothing shall be impossible. Ah, dabira. Or batonshe amazing things. You now leave. Let go. And then you collect some code on the laptop. And the covenant is broken. And your children. I tell people, if you use blood money to train your children, what do you expect? I said, what do you expect? It's like taking toilet water to bath your child. How will the boy smell? And they say they know what they're doing. No, 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 no. They need deliverance. There's a time for sowing. But there's time for reaping. Whatever you sow is what you reap. If you sow wickedness. In fact, if your children know what you have sown, they they would remove your name from their lives so they will not partake of the harvest. I'm just warning some parents. If the day your children know, they will cut themselves away from you because they don't want to go with you. Tell me, what are the needs 
that make people want to let go of the covenant. I'm coming back to you. Yeah. I think the enemy within. The enemy within. That's our flesh. Our flesh. Because number one, the flesh is always, always against the things of God. Give us the expression of the flesh. Give us one or two. How does the flesh manifest? Uh, selfishness. When you want everything to work in your favor, you don't want anything, you know, to maybe work for other people. Just you. All about you. Everything. Mm, you, 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 you. That's right. That's right. Me, 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 me. Help me, help me clap for him. <laughs> All right. Let's let's come to this wing again. Yeah. Um, Laziness. Laziness. Yeah, so hmm. sometimes we, God has given us a word, and we know that God is not a magician. You have to put in the work. Uh, so you don't want to put in the work. You just want to get the result. And so when you look at this thing, like, I can't go through this stress. So I cannot pray 24. I cannot pray. I cannot fast. I cannot do it. I cannot put in the work. And so you go and look for the shortcuts, and you let go of the promise. And how do we let go of the promise? You help God. You have a promise that you help God. Does God look like somebody that needs your help? The one that's called the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. The author and the finisher. You now begin to help God. What is the result? Counterfeit. You know what counterfeit is? Something that will send you to jail. May we not settle for a counterfeit joy in Jesus name. Let me take this a little further. In the contemporary English version of this Genesis 25 and verse 34. The Bible says, Jacob gave Esau some bread. I'm talking about not letting go in spite of the pressures. In spite of the seriousness, not letting go. Jacob gave Esau some bread and some of the bean stew and when Esau had finished eating and drinking, he just got up. That sounds like a fool. He just got up and left carelessly. Read with me. Showing how little he thought of his rights as the firstborn. As he thinketh in his heart, so he becomes. He spoke foolishly, he became a fool. He, Bible says, showing, he was demonstrating, he was advertising what was inside him. Somebody that God gave the birthright to. Who should be a prince of God? Out of the abundance of his heart, he spoke. Showing how little he thought of his rights as a firstborn. Do you know your rights as a child of God? Do you know your inheritance in Christ? Do you know that the Holy Spirit dwells within you? Do you know the eyes of God are upon you? Do you know that you're written in the palm of his hand? Do you know that God watches over you? Do you know that God started your salvation and finished it and gave it to you? Do you know that heaven is prepared for you? Do you know there are angels assigned to you? Do you know there's a time and a season for everything under the sun? There's a time to sow, but wait, baby. If you wait, there's a time to reap. Weeping only endures for a night. Weeping has a an expiry date. At one time, it must give way to joy in the morning. It's almost done. The dawn of a new day. And you let go. By the time the angel arrives. Like Daniel. If Daniel had quit. Daniel prayed. The angel was coming. The prince of Pasha held him in 21 days. But Daniel kept praying. Hallelujah. He just kept praying. I know the God in whom I have believed. If he says this. He's going to do it. The good one that God started. He, he's, he's too faithful to fail me. Daniel continued. to The angel said no no no. It's not you. You shouldn't be here for 21 days. Is that Prince Pasha? Very wicked fellow. But I'm here. Supposing he left. How many of us have left? Because the devil will tell you, God is not going to do anything. Your mates have moved. You see, can I tell you the truth? Life is an expressway. Everybody has their own lane. I am not in a race against you. No, no, no. I'm in a race only according to my own destiny. You cannot look at somebody and say, my own must be like that. No. Some people start early. 
but they burn out before they finish. You may start midway, but you continue to rise till your dying day. He showed how little he thought of his rights as a firstborn. Do you know when I look at people, the fact that you can come and worship, the fact that you can pray to God, and you despise that. You know, I look at you, and I don't know what to say to you. You know, the Bible says, angels behold us. They come and look at us. What is it about man that God loves him so much? Who is the son of man that God dwells inside of him? It, they don't understand it. It's like, listen, when a rich man has a poodle, those little dogs that look like footmat, those little dogs, when a rich man likes a thing, the thing sleeps on his bed. He's eating the thing with chop from his plate. You human being, you can't try it. That's how we are. Made a little lower than angels. When I want to sleep, I rest my head on the bosom of the Lord, like John the Apostle. They will say, hey? You did what? And the Lord is smiling. Hey? You say, I'm hungry. The Lord is arranging for you to eat. Meanwhile, angels cannot. That's why the Bible says, we will judge angels. You haven't read the Bible? It says, why are you fighting amongst each other? You will judge angels. It's like how a son that was born in front of a servant is going to grow up and be sending the servants on errand. It's not according to age. Oh, oh somebody ought to clap for the Lord. You know, uh, he despised his birthright. I'm talking to you about your birthright. Bible says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saint. Even when we die, God is watching over us. He said, never mind, he's coming to me. What are you talking about? Let me read something else to you. The living Bible says, then Jacob gave Esau bread, peas and stew. So he ate and drank and went on about his business. You know, not every business is good business. Business unto damnation. He went on about his business. <laughs> Indifferent to the loss of the rights he had what? Thrown away. Hey, may we not take our destiny, crunch it like this, and throw it into the dustbin. Before it lands in the dustbin, a wise man will catch it. Jacob caught it. And God allowed Jacob to keep it. I'm going to pray by repair again. Anything we threw away that we did not know what we're doing, may God not allow a Jacob to catch it and keep it in Jesus' name. And that's why. He was indifferent because he had lost his mind. His sense of value was now warped. He had moved around with fools for too long. And that's why you should be careful who you surround yourself with. Bible says bad company corrupts good character. You see, when you mingle with people that have no covenant, you're going to talk like them, think like them, and become like them. And your value system changes. You used to pray, used to come to church, used to love the Lord, used to go and evangelism. But because of your association now, all you do is take selfies. And selfie is short form from selfish. You don't even take pictures with people anymore. Selfie, selfie, self. I will be like the most high. I'll be fine like Jesus. All that. Because of association. But the psalmist says, day and night I will stick with God. I've got a good thing going and I am not letting go. I'm not letting go of my peace, my joy, my faith. I'm not letting go. No matter what it is, I will wait on the Lord till my change comes. Even under pressure, I am not letting go. Can I see somebody's hand up? Even under pressure. Just wave your hand to the Lord. As you wave your hand, the pressure, God is deflating the, that financial pressure, that medical pressure, that marital pressure. Just wave your hand. 
You know, we worship not because everything is well. We serve not up. In spite of it, nothing will take my praise away. Nothing will reduce my worship. As I worship the Lord, the Lord will remember me for good. Even under serious need, the Lord, will, the one that will supply my, my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Let me now show you the danger of people that let go. Hebrews 12, verse 16 to 17. Help me put the two together, the message Bible. Hebrews 12, 16 to 17. This is the danger of those who let go. Because of pressure. I'm not saying pressure is good. I'm praying that the pressure will be short-lived in Jesus' name. I'm praying that the struggle will give way to victory in Jesus' name. Say a better amen. Say a better amen. I'm saying the waiting will give birth to celebration very soon in Jesus' name. But this is the warning. This is what happens to people that let go. It says, watch out for the Esau syndrome. The Bible calls it a syndrome. Trading away God's lifelong gift in order to satisfy a short-term appetite. He was not hungry. He just had an appetite. He was not even starving. He just lacked discipline. Watch out. You know, when you hear syndrome, syndrome is like Down syndrome. Hello, let me catch your attention. Do you know what Down syndrome is? Children born with extra chromosomes. And so they cannot develop properly. They cannot have your speed. They can never be coordinated. They were born with an extra chromosome. That's what it means to be Down syndrome. So once you see a Down syndrome person, you're likely to recognize them. It's a syndrome. So the Esau syndrome is as bad, even much worse than a Down syndrome. It says some people have it. May God deliver any one of us that may have contacted it in the name of the Lord Jesus. It says watch out. Please watch out for the Esau syndrome. The theme day town. The theme be like COVID-19. Trading away, how do you know they know them? They trade away God's lifelong gifts and covenants in order to satisfy a short-term appetite. That is how you will know them. They don't put the value on the right things. Very ephemeral. Very worldly. Very unstable. Very unreasonable. Very shallow. Bread and stew. You gave away your birthright. I wonder how he found a wife self. If women start to think about a man that will trade his birthright for bread and stew and is a found wife. I rest my case. Verse 17 says you will you you well know how Esau later regretted what that impulsive act. Those people that are so impulsive, you need to calm down. You know, you well know how Esau later when he, hey, when the birthright began to bring prosperity and all kinds of things, he regretted that impulsive act and wanted God's blessing. But, read with me, but by then, someone say by then, it was too late. Tears or no tears. You know when some people say, I will go now. I will, nothing will happen. I will not come to church. I will do this. Thinking that when I'm tired, I can come back. There are some doors. He's the one that opens the door. No man can shut. He's the one that shuts the door. Whilst the door is still open, I'm begging you, go back. There was no room anymore. Finders, keepers. Jacob kept it till today. The God of Abraham, Isaac, 
and Jacob. It was too late. May it never be too late for us in Jesus' name. The New Living Translation in verse 16 says, let's read together. Make sure that no one is immoral or what? Godless like Esau. Who traded his birthright as a firstborn son for a single meal. The word godless is the reason why God says, Esau I have hated. There's no God in him. He vomited God. God didn't hate Esau at the beginning. It is the godlessness of Esau that made God turn his back. Haven't started well, may we continue well, may we end well in Jesus' name. My study notes, the New Living Translation that I read to you, says Esau's lack of regard for his birthright was godless. His unwillingness to give up God's blessings, his willingness to give up God's blessing for immediate satisfaction illustrates the opposite of faith. It illustrates the opposite of faith. And without faith, come on now, it is impossible to please God. His his willingness to freely give up God's blessing for immediate satisfaction illustrates the opposite of faith. Today, what can we do that will amount to the opposite of faith? What will somebody do that is so fundamental? Sometimes it's even casual, but in real terms, it is the opposite of faith. Faith is believing in God. Faith is trusting in God, even when you don't see any reason to. So let's flip it around. What would you do today that will amount to the opposite of faith? I want an answer. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Faith is believing God. Trusting God, waiting on God. So what is the opposite of that? When you choose not to trust God anyway, you choose to trust a man. When you don't, you say, I don't want God's way, I'm going to do it my way. It is the opposite of faith. You cut God out of the equation. And God said to Esau, to you cut me out, I cut you out. May we never come close to that in Jesus' name. In Hebrews 12, verses 16 to 17, the contemporary English version, you want to see this one? It says, watch out for the immoral and ungodly people like Esau, who sold what? His future blessing for only one meal. You see, when God speaks... God speaks future. Resurrection morning. God says, you'll be a father of many nations. God hardly speaks about now. So anybody that cannot wait cannot walk with God. Anybody that cannot follow cannot walk with God. And so, Esau could not. So the fact that they... The, the, the birthright, the inheritance was only going to be effective when his father died. He said it doesn't mean anything. Igbamelo. He said it doesn't mean anything. Just like some people now. The inheritance to live with Christ in heaven forevermore, it leads too far. I want to chop my life now. I will chop the life of my head here, right now. you think you're young please let me tell you when i was in law school i was 20 years old i was called to about 21 every time i drive past law school i live after law school i live in victoria land extension i look at law school and i'm thinking it feels like two or five years ago that was 38 years ago the building has not changed i don't even know how so when i was in law school the child where i was born He's already 38 years old. So some of you don't even try me. But how the time went, I don't know. So the next 38 years, I'm not fooled. This is how it will go. So those people say, I will chop the life of my head here. Well done. Well done. When, 
when you wake up, bam, you'll be 75. Say the chop where you want chop, it don't finish now. You know what is waiting for you? Eternity in hell. Uh, you see all the young people, I have six pack, I have mosquito pack, waiting now. Before you know it, you will join those of us dying our hair. Me, I don't even die it anyone who take back for long. If you like me like that, like me. If you don't like me, eh. The, the gray hair eh, is the crown of the old man. Praise God. <laughs> it says, Esau who sold his future blessing for only one meal. See, God is always telling you about the future you have in Christ. God says something and waits at the point of manifestation. He doesn't wait where he spoke the word. He's waiting at the finishing line. That's the problem. And that's why we say don't mingle with the world. The world is now, now, now. God doesn't operate like that at the best of times. Yes, sometimes he will do something now, but usually he makes things beautiful in its time. There's a time for this. There's a time for that. Listen, he says, let me read the second verse. Verse 17 says, you know how he later wanted it back. The food was now, now, now. The birthright was soon ahead. He, he voted for now, now, now. So when time moved on, he became a fool. So the Bible says, you know how he later wanted it back, but there was nothing he could do to change things. I'm calling some people to their senses. There was nothing he could do to change things. Even though he begged his father and cried, nothing. Let me close with this. James 5 verse 11, the message Bible. Let's see the man who did the opposite of what Esau did. The one that didn't let go. Let us see. We know the end of Esau. Regret. Let us see the end of Job. Read this with me. What a gift life is to those who stay the course. You have heard of course of Job's staying power. And you know how God brought it all together for him at the end. That's because God cares and cares right down to the last detail. What a gift life turns out to be for those who stay the course. God is not looking for fair weather children. Be instant in and out of season. Hmm. You can be in and out. No, it doesn't work like that. What a gift life is to those, only those who stay the course. Not one leg out, one leg in. You have heard of course of Job's staying power. If you don't know what God loved about Job, what God loved about Job is staying power. Satan said he has no staying power. He is just blessed. God says test him. Job 42 verse 10. When Job prayed for his friend, God turned around his captivity and gave him double what he had before. And then extended his life that he saw three, four generations of his children when the first set had died. God will not bless you and not give you a long life to chop it. That's why, don't go and look for money that you may not be the one to chop it. The Bible says, listen, it says, some people, they will have money, but they will die. As a partridge sits on the egg and will not hash it. That's why their own is. When God blesses you, he gives you time. People look at Job and say, but all your children are dead and you're moving on in age. What will happen to you? God says, watch me. Watch me. It says, we heard of course of Job's staying power. Child of God, in and out of season. During the daytime or nighttime, no letting go of worship, no letting go of serving, no letting go of being a pillar in the house of God. It's not a part time job, it is who you are. It says, and you know how, ooh, how God brought it all. Somebody say, all. He didn't say brought some, brought it all together for him at the end 
when it really mattered. The Bible says when God turned his captivity around and blessed him, it says even his former friends came back. Former friends. You think some people will never greet you anymore. Wait till God blesses you. I tell people, I said, you don't know David's covenant. When the Bible talks about the sure message of David, when David wrote Psalm 23, it says, even though I walk through the valley, I don't let go. I don't let go. I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Why? Because I know that I'll be me. I can't see you. And sometimes I can't feel you, but I know you're faithful, you're there. It says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Because I don't let go. It says, thou anointest my head with oil. It says, that lays a table for me. Because when I was in the valley, I didn't let go. Many people, valley experience, that's it. You cut Jesus out. You cut prayer off. It doesn't pay. How long he walked through the valley, the Bible doesn't tell us. Your own may be seven months. Somebody's own may be seven years. But you're not supposed to die in the valley. You're supposed to pass through, go through, and come through. Hallelujah. He says, he brings me out of valley. The next experience is promotion. He lays a banquet table, like the table of a king for me, in the sight of my enemies. Who thought they would come to my funeral? They will be watching you eat. Then he anoints my head that was dry with oil. Listen to this part. You don't understand God and David. David was not a perfect man. So it's not about you being perfect. It's about you perfectly loving and worshiping the Lord as much as it lies within your strength. It says, my cup runs over. You You don't know what that means. He runs over of the with things that make life sweet and enjoyable. He didn't say I collect it. David is watching it run over. Money is running over. Or land run over. Goodness and mess run over. So that your enemies that was watching you eat, they're still watching you when your cup is running over. They will now begin to collect the remnant. The stone that was rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the doing of the Lord. It is marvelous in our eyes. Some people are so mean, an eye for an eye. God says, no. When your enemy is hungry, feed him by what? Collecting. They're running over. By the time you're collecting the running over, that's when former friends come back don't be mean to who was mean to you wait till your cup runs over it says my cup ran it over it says goodness and mercy you see goodness is good though but you can have a problem in life if mercy does not follow your goodness your goodness can bury you alive Goodness and mercy is the balance equation. It's a goodness and mercy. They follow me all the days of my life. Why? When I was walking through the valley of the shadow of the death, I did not let go. Of the Lord, of his word, of my worship. All the time, even when he was in pain, when Absalom drove him out of the city of David, your own son, He's never stopped being a worshiper. Let not your worship be measured by how you're enjoying life. Let your worship be like your DNA. It never changes. In the morning, my song will arise to you. In the evening time, I will worship you. It says, God brought it together for him at the end. His wife looked at him and said, your case is so bad. Curse God and die. He said, you speak like a foolish man. You don't know the faithfulness of God. This is the middle of the journey. It's not the end of the journey. The Bible says God brought it all together for him at the end. Because God cares. And God cares to the last detail. If you're going to let go of anything. 
The only thing you're allowed to let go of is your doubt. Don't let go of your perseverance, but let go of your pain. Don't let go of your mercy, let go of your anger and your frustration. Have anxiety in my notes too. Don't let go of your faith and your trust. Let go of your anxiety. Show my work. Say it will not work. How will it be? That's anxiety. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. Commit your way to the Lord and he will bring it to pass. If you're going to let go of anything, let go of your unforgiveness. Because mercy triumphs over judgment. Bible says to him that does not give mercy, he will not obtain mercy. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Let go of your accusation. So somebody did something. Must that be the song that you sing? Instead of singing the song of the Lord. Your conversation keeps going to the same person. It makes me sick. How long are you going to sing a broken song? Let go of your accusations. Lift up your voice in worship. Let go of the anger. Let go of blaming others. Just because somebody stole your money. Allah talk. Does that mean you cannot make some more money? Maybe that money was just rehearsal. Meanwhile, God was just testing you with that. David was a man of God. He warred for Israel. When his son betrayed him, not once did he curse the boy. He said, once he was running away, he said, listen, don't hurt the boy even if you capture him how many fathers will curse their son when bible says david was a man after god's heart he let go of anger he let go of pain and just lifted his eyes above the hills to him that made the hills and the mountains I want to close with this one, 2 Samuel 22. Please bring it up, 2 Samuel 22 from verse 33. David said, God is my strength and my power. He's the one that makes my way perfect. He makes my feet, he's the one that makes my feet like the feet of the deer. You will you will run after me, you can't catch me. He sets me on my high places. I don't need to climb in my own strength. He teaches my hand to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of brass. Ah. Verse 36 says, You have also given me the shield of your salvation, and your gentleness has made me great. Father, we bless your name. My eyes have seen the glory of the Lord. I have the knowledge of the Son of God. I can choose nothing else but you. How can I let go when I know you? How can I let go when I've tasted of your power? How can I let go? For what? For who? The story writer said, take away my car, take away my house, but leave me Jesus. The one who feels all in all. The one that's everything to the believer. The one that starts a thing and finishes it. The author is called the finisher he's known to be. We let go of whatever we have to let go of. Just so that we can hold you even stronger. Hold you even tighter. To pain. To anxiety. 
to trepidation of the heart. We're going to let go. To frustration and to doubt, we want to let go. To unforgiveness and accusations and bitterness, we let go. So that our hands are free to embrace your goodness and your mercy. To embrace your loving kindness and your tender mercies. To embrace long life and prosperity that you guarantee. Help me, choir, just worship the Lord for his goodness and his kindness to the sons of men. Help me wherever you are. It's you that I see. Can you rise your head? At the center of it all, it's you that I see. It's you that I see. There is power in your to you every morning as the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings healing for our heart healing for our situations may the God of all comfort comfort us in all the areas of our challenge that we can let go of our anguish let go of the pain and the frustration may the lifter up of our head the God who blesses us with prosperity the blessings of the Lord that make it rich and I don't know sorrow let goodness and mercy prosperity and grace follow us all the days of our lives and after that happens what fight are we fighting fathers we worship you let miracles happen in your name let challenges be put to shame let needs be met let good things begin to happen let those people who said 
to Job. Nothing good can come out of Job. Curse God and die. Let them not die. Let them live to see the end of the matter. When God brings everything together again. And extends our life to enjoy his goodness and mercy. Let it be our portion without fail. To God alone be glory and praise and honor. Who did wonderful things for his children. Blessed be the name of that God. I say blessed be the name of our King. His name of our worship. We celebrate you our King. We glorify you our God. In Jesus name we have Can I hear amen? Amen. 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 This, this evening I want you to clap your hands and just let heaven know I'm letting go of oh what I need to let go of I ain't letting go of my blessings glory be to God you may be seated my time is gone but I'm so glad that I had the company of you anointed people to look at how we should let go of what does not befit us so that we can embrace what God has for us